And welcome back to Coaching with the Bible. This week, the third section in the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Dvarim, known as Akev. Our topic this week on honing your mindset. So it's great to have you back here. I'm really excited as we moving our way through the last book of the five books of Moses. And something that we've talked about multiple times over the course of 40 plus weeks of coaching with the Bible yes, it's been that many, is this idea of mindset. But we've never really spent time specifically focusing in on the concept of mindset and the development of what let's call a success mindset or a winning mindset. And I want to jump off from a place with respect to the Bible with the following question. How many times in your own life you need to be reminded that you are not something, and let me be more specific, or to be reminded that the only reason you have something is because of somebody else. So for example, let's say your job that you currently have is as a result of a family relation or a friend relation of your parent, your father or your mother. And that's one thing to sort of carry and to bear on a regular basis. But if you're constantly and consistently reminded that that's the only reason you have that position, that can be a lot to hold. That can be difficult to listen to. That can be hard to hear on a regular basis. There's no question that that's true. And in any place in life or in any station in life, if you are reminded about the fact that it's not because of you, but because of somebody else that you have what you have. So how do you take that? How do you move on from that? What do you do? And the truth is we all know that in our, in our own lives that we prefer really always to be the ones responsible for our successes, be the ones responsible for how we got to the places that we got to, the riches that we have earned, the wisdom that we have accumulated. And so to be regularly reminded of the fact that you're only here because of X and you only have that much wisdom because of Y, you know, what a lot of people might call privilege today, is it's hard. It's hard to hold and it's hard to bear and it's hard to keep hearing over and over and over again. It's frustrating. And yet when I look in the Bible over the last couple of weeks, multiple times, Last week and this week, multiple times, the Jewish people, the people of Israel in the desert, standing there listening to Moses' speech, are reminded that it's not necessarily because of them that they are where they are. And so if you look, specifically starting in this week's reading, in the ninth chapter, verse 4 and 5, Moshe exhorts the people and says, if you think in your heart that the nations that are here in the land of Israel, in the land of Canaan, and that you've chased them away and it's because of you, right? It's because of you. You've done this. God has given me, because of what I've accomplished, the opportunity to inherit this land and that these people are terrible. So realize that it has zero to do with you. Verse number five it's not because of your righteousness or your goodness in your heart. 
that you inherit the land, but because of how bad the nations of the land are. And also because of a promise that God made to your forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, to hear that once would be difficult. But to hear that multiple times, or something similar, is hard to, it's just, it's difficult. And so in chapter 10, verses 14 and 15, it's a sort of a similar idea. God has all of the heavens. The heavens and the earth belong to God. God loved your forefathers, and then he chose their children from among the other nations. So you're merited by being one of those children, but realize that it's not because of you specifically only. It's because of them and God's love for them. And so it happens multiple times in this week's uh, portion. It happens again also in uh, chapter 8, verse 11, 12, 13, 14, in that section, that you, lest you forget that it is that God that brought you here, that God got you here, that God gave you these commandments, that you don't keep them, that you have these new homes that you're now having in the land of Israel, and that you have all of this wealth, and that you uh, get sort of haughty and arrogant about it, you might have forgotten that God took you out of Egypt, right? God is the one who's done this. You have done very little. You've survived in the desert in a cloud of glory with food falling from the sky, having everything taken care of for you by God. Great job. Like, you worked so hard to get there. And that's something that they hear over and over and over again from Moses. And so it's baked into the mind to some degree for them to keep hearing. And so I struggled with this question over the course of the week and over the course of time. Just sort of, you know, okay, say it once. I get the point. God loved our forefathers. Okay, that's true. Um, God took our parents out of Egypt. That's also true. I get that too. But the practical reality of it is that I'm standing here on the cusp of going into the land and I need your input, insight, wisdom, Moses, God, so that I can go in and I can do the best I can in the land. So I was discussing this, debating this in my own mind, and I want to give a shout out right now to a, uh, a friend and a colleague of mine, Rabbi Jeremy Stern, who I've bounced a couple of ideas over the course of the year with respect to coaching with the Bible against his, against his own mind and his own thinking, and I threw this question at him yesterday. And he shared with me a source that it sort of goes a little bit deeper on this exact point. And so in last week's reading, in Ve'et Hanan, um, in the seventh chapter, so there, the Bible tells us this a statement. Right? It's not because you are the largest among the nations that God loved you and chose you, but rather because you are the smallest among the nations, which is nice. That's comforting that God chose us because we were small. And so... Uh, Rabbi Stern shared with me this comment of a very famous commentary known as Rashbam, who we talked about way, way back in Genesis, who comments that, you really think the people thought that they were the largest, and that's the reason that they conquered all the nations? No. So God wants, and Moses wants, is that when you're going to go and you're going to conquer these other nations, appreciate, it's not because you're larger uh, than them, certainly not, and it's not because you're large at all that you are the one that conquered them, but rather you are the smallest among them and the smallest of them, and here are the key words, and rather because God loved you, which is the next verse, verse number, I think it is nine, 
because God loved you, and in keeping his, uh, his promise to the forefathers, because God loved you, so now one can read the next part of this one of two ways. Rather because God loved you, and also because of the promise he made to the fathers, or God loved you because of the promise he made to the fathers. Those are not the same thing. One is independence, so God loves you, and he also has a connection to the forefathers. And the second one is the one we're sort of debating here, which is God loves you only because he loved your forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so you get to that deep question, to that exact point, and hopefully that's not true. And so what I think is the case here, it's taken way too long to get to this point here, so I apologize if I go a little bit long this week, but what's going on here, and what one has to appreciate, beyond what we talked about um, last week with respect um, to the idea, last couple of weeks with respect to uh, the notion of teaching in the first beginning, the beginning of the book of Deuteronomy, and in the last, in last week with respect to going above and beyond, there's something else at play here that's going on throughout the, throughout the book, and it's to keep in mind, which is this idea of mindset, that Moses is honing the mindset of the people of Israel as they enter in the land of, of Canaan to the land of Israel to go in and to conquer. And what I mean by that, is honing that mindset, is that there's a lot going on. There's a lot at play. There's a lot that people are thinking about as they go in. They haven't gone in. They haven't seen the land. They don't know anything more than what's been told to them. They have promises from God. They have promises from Moses as an emissary and a messenger of God. But they don't know. They haven't seen. And so what Moses is also doing at the same time that he's teaching them new laws and new commandments and new ideas, he's also working them to hone and to cull and to cultivate and to develop the, the most effective, most efficient, most successful mindset that they can have going into the land. Now, we've talked about the idea of mindset before, and basically the notion of how am I thinking about what's about to happen? What's my approach going in to what's about to take place? It's... It's really the idea that we have a process in our brain about everything that is going on um, and that's going to go on. And so we're thinking it through, we're preparing, we're considering alternatives. We have, you know, what I've talked about in the past, secondary and tertiary thought levels here. We're thinking through our tasks, our responsibilities, our accountability levels, and we're not letting distraction get in their way. We're not letting stumbling blocks hold us back from what's going on. And so we want to have a growth mindset, which is something we talked about in Noah. And we want to avoid uh, the idea of simply being a fixed set of mindset. That's what Carol Dweck um, famously writes about a lot in her work, the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And the idea that if you have a growth mindset, you're believing that your talents and abilities can be developed over time through your efforts and your persistence, that is the growth mindset. And what Moses is doing to them and he's saying to them basically is this, look, I'm not going with you. There's a lot of things that you need to know about, you need to think about, you need to be paying attention to, you need to plan for as you're going into the land. And let me help you do that. Part of that is getting them focused 
to some degree about who they are and what they are and where they are in this moment. And so to appreciate that they got to this moment because of the relationship that God had with the forefathers, with the idea that God had taken out their parents from Egypt, with the idea that their parents had stumbled along the way in sending the spies and not going into the land when they went in so that they're in this situation, in appreciating that they're about to come upon other nations in the land and that things can get in the way and can stop them from the ultimate goal, which is building and designing and developing the great society the model society, what they call the shining city on a hill idea of the people of Israel in the land of Israel, the people of God, showing that and sharing that with the rest of the world. And so Moses is building that success mindset with them. And success mindset is really made up of five things. So I heard this in a number of places, but particularly great was on a podcast called, I think it's called The Motivational Mindset by a gentleman named Rob Dial. And it really, honing the mindset has five sort of five phases. So being obsessed with success, we know people like that. They're obsessed with the idea that they're going to succeed and they, they want to succeed. In a coaching course I took last year, success is a key element. Believing in success, knowing that you can succeed and, and, and going and then succeeding. There's this whole process of developing a success mindset specifically in that way. I have succeeded. I want to succeed. I know I can succeed and then going and succeeding. So being really obsessed with it, by being obsessed with it, we let nothing get in the way of our um, goals and success. Number two is we don't see any other way but succeeding. Less than success, less than reaching the goal, less than fulfillment of the mission is simply not acceptable. Now, the mission of the people of Israel is enormous. It's a heavy responsibility. But anything less, with respect to being the people, chosen people of God, the people of the book, is not acceptable. And so they have to develop the right mind, the right frame, the right approach as they go into it. Third, also appreciate, and Moses discusses this, and it's important for them to know this, messing up is part of it. We've talked about the idea that failure is simply a step on the in the process towards success. And so messing up is going to happen. And so Moses exhorts them multiple times, lest you do this, lest you think that. If you do and make the following mistake, appreciating the notion that that is certainly possible, but also providing a way to come back and to reconnect and to reestablish that relationship through repentance, through whatever that may be. So first, again, obsessed with success. Two, no other way but success. Three, messing up is part of it. Number four, surrounding yourself with the right people. The idea that Moses is telling them that they have to get rid of the other nations from the land, which is difficult. Why not just live in peace? Why not just make it work? Part of it is, from our own life experience, that sometimes there are people around us who bring us down. Sometimes there are people around us who are negative influences on us and who we are. And so removing and excising those people from our world allows us a to focus better allows us b to develop the right way of thinking about our possible success and not focusing on the negatives not focusing on what if maybe it, what it's possible you know the whole debbie downer approach the whole ambiguity approach the person who always has a million questions rather than being focused on the ultimate goal so that's four is with respect to that and the fifth one is positive self-talk, really talking yourself up, teaching yourself to believe in yourself, 
Now, you can hear it from a teacher, you can hear it from somebody on the outside, but ultimately, ultimately, if a person doesn't believe it for themselves, then they will not develop the, you know, the, this, the thick skin that's necessary. You know, they won't have the opportunity mentally, emotionally, psychologically, the power and the strength to do the things that they need to do to get to the success level that they want to have. So positive self-talk is part of it. Again, excising and removing people and the thought processes and the thoughts that, ba- that bring us down. The last one I want to mention, I think it's maybe like a 5B, is that you have sort of built in a hardwired discipline. And so part of what has to happen here is hard work. And so you, what you see a lot of in the fifth book of the, of the Bible in Deuteronomy is the notion that you're going to go into the land and you have to build the land and you have to plant the fields and you have to build the homes and you have to build the spiritual and religious institutions and you're going to have to build up your families and it's not going to be easy and there's not going to be enough rain and you're going to have to pray. And there's a lot of things that go into building that. Now that hardens the person. It steals the person. It also fortifies the person to be able to accomplish and to achieve the success that they want. And so this is that whole thing of honing that mindset. When we work with individuals in coaching, this is a lot of what we're doing, is a lot of the time we come across individuals, even if they're successful, who have mindsets that are either all over the place or not clarified and not clear. And so getting them to hone in and zero in and to zoom in and to cultivate and to develop and to and to really work that mindset into a very focused and congruent approach to their life towards success, that's most of the work. Now, here is the last part to help you with the success. This we've seen in James Clear in Atomic Habits. We've talked about it in other places as well. Part of the success mindset is developing a love of the process, a love of the hard work that's involved, because otherwise it can be overwhelming. Even if we believe and are committed and passionate about the why of the success and the mission that's to be accomplished, loving the steps along the way, the little steps, the small steps, is really important. And the secret sauce in that is to view them as their own victories. Because mentally, when we win, we want to then do the next thing. So if we win one game, we win another game, we succeed in one project, succeed in the next project, A, we're building momentum, that's certainly true, but we get that hit, we get that excitement, we get that happiness, we get that sense of what you might call the dopamine hit in our minds of having succeeded a little bit, and so we want the next one. And so not just waiting for the goal at the end and celebrating at the end and waiting for that last situation to then get that hit and to get that sense of, accomplishment and success, appreciate the successes along the way. Because then you begin to love the process. Because then each of those little steps is a victory step. And each of those little steps gives you a little bit of that feeling, a little bit of that emotion, a little bit of that sensation of success. And that's what you want. Because that's how you then get to the next steps, the bigger steps, the higher steps, and ultimately to the success. In the case of the people of Israel, it's that notion that First is going to be the crossing, and second is going to be a little bit of battle, and then you're going to actually settle the land, and then you're going to build that society. And then along the way, each and every moment, as you'll see as you go ahead in the Bible, that they stop and they celebrate, and they stop and they offer you know, 
gifts to God and they thank God in all those different ways. So separate from the religious context and separate from the biblical context in our own personal spaces, celebrate the little wins. So if it's the success mindset towards physical health, celebrate the fact that you did that first workout. Don't celebrate for having a tub of ice cream, but celebrate yourself. Appreciate yourself for having gotten that first victory. If it's a, an intellectual exercise or if it's a work project, celebrate that first one. And celebrate that second one. And don't think it's trite and don't think it's small and don't think it's silly. It helps you in the process towards building and honing that key mindset. The same way that the people are reminded of those things by Moses, it's helping them focus, it's helping them zero in, it's helping them really, really zoom in on the ultimate mission. So it is the case with their own personal lives and our own places in life as well. Sorry I took a little bit longer this week. I went a little over 20 minutes. I apologize for that. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Coaching with the Bible. I do look forward to seeing you next week.